friends, and welcome back to the Celebrate and Inspire Life podcast. We are one month into 2024 and are inevitably analyzing all the habits, routines, goals, resolutions, whatever you want to call them, that we decided to pursue or implement at the beginning of this year. This process has, of course, left us either feeling secure in our identity of someone who has been consistent or feeling like a failure because we are taught from an early age and it is ingrained in our heart that our identity is the sum of the activities of what we do or do not do. As I was starting my new planner this year, I started to label my roles or hats that I walk in or wear and mom was what came up as number one. First priority. Quickly, the Lord ministered to me and reminded me that my number one identity is daughter of the king. That is my number one role, my number one priority. I crossed out mom physically in my planner and emotionally in my heart and grabbed hold of the safety and security that being the daughter of the king of the universe grants me. Not because of anything I do or do not do, but because of who he is and what he has done. I could never attain this identity on my own. It only comes by complete submission of my life and accepting the love and healing that my Heavenly Father so freely gives. In episode 4 of season 2, so last episode, I shared about how at the end of 2023, my confidence and identity was really rocked. If you haven't listened to that one yet, you should go back and listen after you're done with this one. And while there, catch up on the rest of season 2 and of course season 1. Listen while you take a walk, or clean the kitchen, or relax after a long day, or while you work, if you're in that line of work that allows that. Anyway, getting back to the topic at hand, there are many parts of my story that I have unpacked on this podcast, some in more detail than others, and today I would like to share a talk with you that I first gave in church last year. It gives a flyover version of how my identity has been a pain point in my life from the very early on. And maybe there are stages or experiences that you will relate to, or you will at least have a better understanding, maybe looking at other people's experiences. Here we go. And I quote myself. From a young child, I have always been searching for my identity. When I was born, my sister wanted a brother, so she ignored me. But when she got a brother, she decided she didn't want to be a big sister even, she just wanted to be an only child. Luckily, this feeling she had wore off, and we both realized that our siblings are all we have in this life sometimes. When I was five years old, we moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, because my dad was battling cancer, and my grandmother was living there. Here I was again trying to figure out where I belonged. I was the Jamaican in the class that didn't really look or sound like a Jamaican, And then two years later, after my dad passed away, we moved back to Jamaica and were now trying to survive without any income, housing, or transportation, and without a father to provide that provision and protection. We became very involved in church life and spent many hours at prayer meetings and conferences early in the morning or late at night. The Lord provided many pastors, step-in father figures, aunts, uncles, female mentors, grandparents, and cousins who were friends that quickly became like family in order to create consistency in a time of great inconsistency and hardships in our family. While back in Jamaica, I attended a Christian missionary school 
that taught a U.S. curriculum. So here I was now in Jamaica, but still not feeling like I really was a Jamaican. When I was 16, my family and I moved to a small town in Indiana, and I continued to search for who I was. The pastor's son told me that the Lord told him I was going to be his wife, and now that was my identity. After graduating high school, I went to Bible school in England for a year and of course quickly attached myself to a young man in the church. I was always craving male attention and each relationship brought along its own set of secrets because of course we were not following biblical advice on emotional or physical matters. This led to a lot of shame because I had been taught that if I did not save myself sexually for marriage, then my worth was now less and I was forever tainted. While in England, I had a female mentor that was counseling me. After church leadership found out about my relationship, she asked me when I was going to stop looking for attention in all the wrong places. It was as though the Holy Spirit spoke directly to my heart, and I fell to my knees in repentance and asked him to become the Lord of my life. Upon my return from England, you would think that I had learned my lesson, but I was now in college working full-time, and again trying to figure out who I was, and I fell back into the same sin patterns of seeking validation, identity, and satisfaction from male attention. After a series of relationships, I became pregnant and was now marrying a man that I didn't really know at all and who did not have the same foundation of Christ that I so wanted to pursue. Most of the days of our marriage were a struggle, as I highlighted his faults in order to hide mine. I tried to control everything out of the fear of what he would do if I relaxed, and I so desperately wanted him to accept me for who I was. My identity during this time had now become wrapped up in our three children, Elena, Katie, and Jonathan, because it is easy to feel unconditionally loved by those who can't see all your faults. After 15 years of a very tumultuous marriage, we decided to separate for a year. During that year, I was convicted that I had not been an example of a Christian wife to my husband. Upon me, upon reconcili- reconciliation, I decided that I wanted to display the grace and love Christ had shown me instead of always having a critical spirit and oftentimes just trying to hide my own shortcomings. We had turned a new leaf as a family, and I truly felt like we were possibly on our way to a wonderful testimony of God's faithfulness in bringing my husband to know him. Then five months later, our world would be rocked again and almost completely implode when my nine-year-old son, Jonathan, would suddenly pass away in his sleep in February 2020. I could talk about countless things surrounding that time about dealing with grief and loss, and I have written a lot of it down in my blog and now shared a lot on this podcast But as far as my identity, it was once again rocked. I suddenly was only a girl mom of teenagers, no longer a boy mom to a young boy with many years still in my home. For so long, I had been first Elena's mom, then Katie's mom, and then Jonathan's mom. But suddenly, I wasn't Jonathan's mom anymore. And those that didn't know Jonathan would never know that part of me either. And while our family was dealing with this great loss, My husband decided that he was walking away from our marriage for good. So in a matter of a couple years, 
My identity and security had completely been stripped away over and over again. It was during this time that I finally surrendered all that I was to the Lord to do with and use as he pleases. I had lost a part of me, and the only way to survive was to learn how to hold on to and cherish the memories with Jonathan and our family, but at the same time to hold my girls and the rest of my life with an open hand, as I was never in control to begin with. There are so many more details that I could share, but when I look back at my life, I see God's hand and his faithfulness all throughout. He used each circumstance to draw me to himself, and I am grateful that he is constantly pursuing me and waiting with open arms when I falter. I used to always be thinking that if circumstances had been different, if I had a different personality or had made different choices, then I would finally find the identity and security I was seeking. But as Romans 8.28 states, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, he is truly my greatest reward. And I know that my identity as his daughter is all the validation and acceptance that I will ever need. End quote. So now, how do I walk in this identity? I must daily submit all I am. All he has commissioned me to do is in his control. Does that mean that I sit on my hands and do nothing? Does it mean that I relinquish my duties as mom and any other responsibilities I have? Or neglect cultivating the talents and the time that he has given me? No, absolutely not. But I pursue these things knowing that my worth is not based on the results of any of these things. My worth, my joy... My fulfillment is found ultimately in knowing my Heavenly Father and delighting in expressing His love through everything I do and in every vocation I find myself. So friends, as I remind us not to compare ourselves, our talents, our personalities, our experiences, or our life story to others and feel less than, let us also not fall into the pride of not wanting to improve or challenge ourselves. Let us instead approach each instance with gratitude for how we have been created and as well open to the Lord for how he wants to grow and stretch us. This heart posture is where we find our identity. No longer looking for success or failure in the things that we do or don't do or the facade of who we sometimes pretend to be, we find acceptance and security in him. We find rest from striving. I pray you rest in the love of God today, friends. Rest in knowing that he loves you fully and knows you intricately. Rest in who he has made you, how he has made you, and walk each day in gratitude and expectation of how you can fully live for him wherever life takes you or wherever whatever roles or responsibilities that have been entrusted to you. Thanks for being here today with me, friends. If you enjoy our conversations, then I would love for you to share this podcast with a friend. Talk to you again soon on the Celebrate and Inspire Life podcast.